Money Sense is brought to you by the Chamber Pension Plan. For further information, visit chamberpension.ky. Money Sense, bringing an informed financial perspective to the Cayman community. A very good morning and warm welcome to Money Sense. I'm Simon Cordry and I have the pleasure this morning of hosting today's show with the very learned and erudite Anthony Travers. How are you, Anthony? Or Tony, as we call you. Good morning, Simon. I'm I'm well, I think, but you have to realise there is a significant health risk to getting somebody of my advanced years out of bed this early in the morning. (laughs) Well, as long as you've had your vaccination, uh, (laughs) for all sorts of things, right? Yes, I've been vaccinated many times. (laughs) What for? We won't go into dwell on. It's too early in the morning for that. Anyway, well, I hope we find you in fine vocal form this morning because we've got a very detailed and important topic to have a conversation about. It's one that I know is close to your heart. You've been in Cayman for, I think we're just saying, 45-odd years. Uh, Getting there, yes. Yeah. And Cayman's competitive landscape and its positioning has changed in those years. It's it's been at the forefront of many things. It's had its challenges. Um, But are the challenges we face today more important and more significant and more existentially problematic, perhaps, than they ever have been? That's kind of the theme of today's show. And so I think the first question or the first topic that we should perhaps talk about is, where are we today and what are the competition doing and how are we positioned globally to actually survive what is an increasingly challenging world in terms of regulation and competition? Well, significantly and worryingly, uh, infinitely less competitive than we were 20, 30 years ago. Uh, What's been lost in adhering to this regulatory tsunami that's been been foisted on us by by, by various international bodies, the EU, the OECD, the FATF, is the fact that the original structuring of the financial services industry was predicated on the, the fact that we didn't need additional regulation in the Cayman Islands because Cayman Island vehicles, particularly funds, were regulated in the jurisdiction where they traded. And there was, in addition, because we were an institutional jurisdiction, not a retail jurisdiction, always regulation concerning the distribution of the securities to investors in the jurisdiction of their residence or domicile. And so we didn't need in the Cayman Islands uh, an extensive additional regulatory overlay. But unfortunately, uh, that is what is now occurring. I mean, we have mutual funds, investment managers who are basically selling or have investors from the US, the UK, Latin America, Australia, wherever they are in the world, now regulated in Cayman as though they're selling product to people in Cayman. And therefore, you have a burden of costs, you have a burden of time, you have a burden of human endeavour. And your, I guess your argument is, frankly, not really achieving very much. Well, not, not necessary at all. Mm. Um, and it's what occurs when you blindly adhere to uh, adopting European Union regulation, which is designed for retail markets mm. in Europe, and apply it in the Cayman Islands, and not understanding that there is no retail market in the Cayman Islands. Well, why is it? We, we, well, gosh, was it just last year we had this new law that came into place whereby um, funds, arguably funds, that were 
what, what are now called private funds, which were often partnerships which were looking to invest in private equity deals or venture capital deals, were then considered or required to be regulated in Cayman um, because they were well, we'll go into the reasons. But why was it that the EU, and this was EU-driven, the EU said you must have these regulations in yes. Cayman because, well, the, the, the premise seemed to be because you should, as opposed to understanding a reason why. So what, do you th- what, was, what was at the back well, of your mind? You're quite, you're quite right. Um, when you look at all of this regulation that's been introduced here, what, what is blindingly obvious is that there is no fact-based problem mm. that this regulation is trying to solve. And so you have to ask yourself, well, what is the intention? It cannot be regulation that is introduced by the EU here in good faith. And indeed, we see the goalposts continually moving. Um, They start with the introduction of economic substance. Now, economic substance comes about under the base erosion profit shifting rules of the OECD. But nobody actually says, well, wait a minute. Uh, the Cayman Islands has nothing to do with base erosion and profit shifting. You need double tax treaty jurisdictions for that. So it happens but in Ireland, Luxembourg, exactly, Netherlands. Exactly, uh, which is where the tax avoidance actually occurs um, because you have to have a double tax treaty uh, to actually reduce uh, levels of taxation in a high tax jurisdiction, which is what's agitating the Europeans. Uh, so there is no rationale or justification for the introduction of, uh, of economic substance legislation. We then see the goalposts moved again, as you mentioned correctly, with the introduction of private funds legislation. Now, private funds aren't regulated in most places at all, but now we have layers of regulation for private funds. And we now see the EU coming back through the Code of Conduct Group with an intention to move the goalposts on economic substance uh, to include partnerships. Well, that is a complete and utter nonsense if you understand anything about international taxation, uh, because partnerships aren't a separate corporate entity. Uh, Partnerships are taxed wherever their partners may be resident, which isn't going to be the Cayman Islands. Um, So so you have this nonsensical application of regulation. And if you ask me why, uh, in my view, it is specifically and exclusively designed to render the Cayman Islands less competitive. Do you think, though... So I, whether whether the listeners will agree with that, and that there will be some many who probably will, and there'll be people perhaps more internationally oriented, some people who might be tuning in from the EU who'll say, well, but Cayman's got this big black mark overhanging it from the history. And has Cayman adequate, adequately admitted some of the faults of its past in the sense of having been a conduit for money laundering, having been a conduit for dirty money, and thereby we're playing catch-up? Yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah, you can't honestly say that with a straight face. Um, I mean, why are you recanting this gibberish? Give me one example, fact-based evidence of a money laundering problem in the Cayman Islands. Well, not necessarily today, but we're talking 20, 30 years ago. It was widespread people coming with suitcases of cash. It was 45 years ago. Uh, 75 years ago, uh, the Nazis were, 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 were marching up and down the Champs-Élysées, but no one's complaining about Germany today. I mean, if you're going to continue well, the to... French, t- the French are. <laughs> the French may well be, yes. <laughs> if you are, but the French complain about anything anyway. Uh, if you are actually going to tar Cayman's actually pristine mm-hmm. regulatory history with regard to money laundering... Uh, by what happened 45 years ago, then there is never going to be enough regulation that you're going to introduce here. And that is actually the problem. The problem is people are looking to what was actually an anecdotal 
I mean, no one knows uh, what money might have been laundered here in the 60s. Uh, were there stories about cash counting machines in some of the banks? Yes, there were. Um, you know, were, were there an excessive number of suitcases on, on the dump? Yes, there were. But all of that was stopped really in the mid-80s with the, first, with, with, with the 1984 exchange of information uh, treaty of mutual legal assistance when, when we, we first started to realise that, 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 that actually conducting yourself in the Cayman Islands in any way uh, contrary to international norms with regard to criminal matters such as money laundering uh, was was a uh, w- w- was a, a dangerous expedient so, so, so we stopped it and we moved in the mid 80s but the point Simon uh, is that no one has given us credit for that and and, and furthermore and the reason I, 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 I interrupted you when you actually look at the situation now, we have complete transparency on money laundering. The FATF, uh, criminal law enforcement, have unrestricted right to investigate any account in the Cayman Islands. They can find out who the beneficial owners of any company or trust or entity in the Cayman Islands may be. And yet, when you look at the fact-based analysis of where the money laundering is occurring, it was Moglovich with $7 billion in New York. Mm. It was Wachovia Bank with $381 billion in Miami. It was Standard Chartered Bank. It was Danske Bank in Denmark with with, with the assistance of Deutsche uh, to the tune of $200 billion. So there is simply no fact-based evidence to suggest there there is a money laundering problem in the Cayman Islands. And what we've now constructed, ridiculously, is a regulatory system which can inflict fines or penalties on people for failing to comply with the system without there being any evidence of actual money laundering or any predicate offence. Now, what makes the hypocrisy here really damning is there is a region in the Netherlands called Limburg. Everybody knows they grow apples in Limburg and everybody knows that it is also the number one center for the manufacture of ecstasy and amphetamines in the world. They sell amphetamines and ecstasy out of Limburg in the Netherlands in the heart of the European Union to the tune of $20 billion a year. This is a dirty EU secret. And yet they have the effrontery to come to the Cayman Islands, where they have full powers of investigation and suggest to us more regulation to prevent money laundering. Okay, we'll come to the why in a moment, but Cayman's not alone in this battle. In other words, these rules that we've been that have been forced upon us, uh, as damaging as they are and as unnecessary and as pointless and I, and I often use the analogy you know, why should consenting adults be required to have a regulator or an auditor to see what they've invested in you know the, the private funds law I mean it's utterly bonkers and the only people who benefit are a small handful of persons. Utterly bonkers is charitable but yes go on. <laughs> so, but, but this is not just affecting Cayman so when we talk about Cayman's competitive position Bermuda, Bahamas, wherever it might be in the world BVI, they're no better off because they're all suffering the same pain. Well, no, no, no doubt that's right but the EU attack on this is to uh, put out of business to exterminate the low-hanging fruit uh, that has no voice at the table Uh, the jurisdictions who are susceptible to the threat of blacklists and that would include all the overseas territories and of course the the overseas territories as you mentioned um, are 
a particular target of the EU because they see them as UK-associated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a huge amount of... of are you of, saying the EU jealousy. and the UK are not friends at the moment? I, 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 I'm saying they're, they're, they're not on each other's Christmas card list. Um, the, 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 the fear in the EU... And, and based on a press release last Friday, I can see it, 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 it's, it's whipped up to almost a frenzy, is that these UK jurisdictions will, with, with, with the United Kingdom, introduce lower rates of taxation and drain money uh, from the global supply. Uh, of, of, of funding uh, away from the European Union jurisdictions uh, to to the UK overseas territories and and indeed ultimately the UK when when they get their act together and sort out some some, some proper uh, structures that, that are attractive for for inward investment. Okay, look, let's hold that thought and then we'll come back to some of the implications for that. Take a quick break and as I say, we'll we'll rejoin this conversation with Tony on Cayman's existential crisis potentially. The Cayman Islands Chamber of Commerce Pension Plan. We're here for you. Please be advised that the pension contribution holiday has been extended until 30th of June 2021. Employers and plan members should ensure arrangements are in place for salary deductions and remittance following this date. The Cayman Islands Chamber of Commerce Pension Plan, keeping you informed. For further information, visit chamberpensions.ky. And for information as it happens, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Email admin at pensions.ky or call 745-7630. We're here for you. This is Money Sense, bringing an informed financial perspective to the Cayman community. Brought to you by the CFA Society Cayman Islands. And now, more Money Sense. Welcome back to Money Sense and our conversation with Tony Travers. Tony, I saw you having a cup of coffee during the break, so now you're caffeinated and suitably energised for after a rather lacklustre and subdued first-half performance, as they say in a football match. Um, it's, it's a game of two halves. <laughs> exactly. So earlier on, you were playing a bit more defensive. And if we take that analogy, uh, I guess the question links to Cayman's been under attack for years and Cayman has, to its credit, weathered those storms and the likes of your industry, the legal industry are thriving. Um, The financial industry is thriving. Uh, The audit industry is without doubt thriving. The property markets are thriving here. So people can be imbued with a sense or could be imbued with a sense of calmness, tranquility, as though all's all right. But I guess the story I'm hearing is it's rather like the duck serenely floating across the surface of the water, but flapping um, viciously below with its legs, uh, with a shark perhaps approaching. So what, what, what does Cayman need to do when you think about how great things seem and then we're, there's a complacency that's here? What should, what, do we need to be fighting harder? What, what's, what's our approach? What do you think our approach needs to be? Yeah. And bear in mind, we have an election coming up, so you know, all the politicians will be delighted to hear your views on this, I'm sure. <laughs> well, a lot, of, a, lo- a lot of good thoughts in there, Simon. Um, firstly, I think it's far too early to actually read the outcome of the introduction of the economic substance legislation. Uh, We know the fund management industry was decimated Mm -hmm. by it. Uh, We've seen them leave, uh, much in the way the fund administration industry was for for, for different reasons in the 1990s. Um, We we are yet to see um, precisely the effects. Um, What I would say is that there are now clearly structures in other jurisdictions, even uh, in Dublin, uh, which are as competitive as our structure, uh, it, certainly on the private equity side. 
which have the same benefits. So I would say this, the, the, this notion of, of, of resilience um, uh, in the Cayman Islands financial services industry is, is totally misplaced. Um, you're only as good as your last deal. And as soon as um, instructing council in, in the onshore jurisdictions get the idea that there are other jurisdictions which are providing similar benefits to investors that are less expensive, uh, you, you, you can reckon we will be in deep trouble, but it will happen very fast. Uh, uh, so, so, so the idea of complacency, I think, is mistaken. Se- secondly, if I may, um, what you really have to understand is how the EU and the OECD have been playing the long game here. They have obfuscated their true intentions to date uh, by reference to matters like exchange of information. But that was never their true intention. And when you look at the press release from the European Parliament last week, uh, and the spokesperson there was a Mr. Paul Tang, who is Dutch. And if there is one, one person from a jurisdiction who ought to know about tax avoidance, it's the Dutch. Because they avoid hundreds of billions of dollars of tax annually through the mechanism of the Dutch sandwich. Um, he actually said, wait a minute, why have we taken, well not he, the, the, the members of Parliament uh, actually voted, the European Parliament voted, and said, why have we taken the Cayman Islands and jurisdictions like it off the blacklist? Whilst they still have a zero tax rate, they should be blacklisted. Now, now that is a heresy. Because no one has actually ever explained, and, and they haven't for a reason, they can't, why a zero tax rate is in any way harmful. Uh, and in fact, and I will get back to your, your last point now, in fact, it was the failure to deal with the OECD 1998 Harmful Tax Competition Initiative properly by, by, by dealing with the issue of a zero tax rate not being harmful in the context of Cayman structuring that has allowed them to now reintroduce these other issues from that report, like substantial presence, like a zero tax rate being necessarily harmful. Now, of course, just for your listeners, a zero tax rate in Cayman is not harmful uh, because Cayman Islands investments are taxed in the jurisdiction of investment. And or investors, where the investors are. Or, and, and, and where the investors yeah. are. Uh, and we know that to be the case because the common reporting standard makes automatic reporting now. So there is no tax benefit uh, or certainly no harmful tax result uh, from the Cayman Islands having a zero tax rate. But that is the, 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 the fact mm. that the European Union now settle on as the reason for blacklisting us. Now, if we were to do anything about that, and, and you see how the goalposts are, are shifting, shifting, shifting. Uh, that would be the end of us, because introducing any taxation in the Cayman Islands would effectively, because of the structure I just mentioned, which indicates that all structures are properly taxed, would introduce a double layer of taxation. And that would be the end of the Cayman Islands financial services industry. What's, I think what's interesting there is I was talking with some UK lawyers just a couple of weeks ago, and they were extolling the benefits of setting up a UK partnership for yep. private equity transactions, saying, well, there's no extra part- no, no extra taxation on the UK partnership. Right. Why the devil would we set up a Cayman or, partnership? Or, or Scottish or yeah. Canadian. And, and, that's uh, the, and, and that's the problem. You're, and, you're quite right. So there what, are competitive structures why, now. Why would anybody... Well, so the question then it comes to, and, and I want to ask you a question of have we been too naive, but just before that... Well, the answer to that is yes, before you even get to your question. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Why would anyone choose Cayman, then, if it's as easy to set up a partnership vehicle? They may not, Simon. 
They may not now. That's the point. Now, obviously, you've got 29,500 private equity structures when I last looked. haven't seen the recent numbers here. And it is hugely uh, expensive to move a pre-existing structure. But it's hugely expensive to set them up now as well. uh, But it's also hugely expensive to set them up here. And if there are cheaper jurisdictions, and when the onshore councils, I say, have got have gone through it a couple of times and realised that a Hong Kong structure provides the same tax-free benefits as our private equity structure, a Canadian, Scottish, English, as you say now. Um, uh, Our legislation may be a bit sharper than the UK legislation. Uh, They're still relying on the uh, the 1907 Act for limited partnerships, which which is a bit unwieldy. But but, um, the UK's relying on things from the 1800s from many other areas. (laughs) Yes, well, yes, that's true. Uh, uh, But but, but nevertheless, your your point's well taken. you know, to, 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 to get back to your last point uh, uh, in your earlier question, um, which I didn't cover, if you're going to, to, to simply roll over every time somebody says blacklist, knowing that they are acting malignantly towards you and have nothing but harm for you in their, in their intentions, uh, you have to realize that you are ultimately going to be exterminated. It may be okay for a politician to say, well, that's not going to happen on my watch. So it's not my well, problem. Well, that's the, but in terms of the long-term yeah. position of the Cayman Islands, it is catastrophically dangerous. Well, so that's the, that's the question that springs to mind. And I don't want to um, invite a question of mere culpa in a sense here. But for the last 20 years, perhaps, politicians and protagonists in the industry have looked at the industry and said, we can get away with this for another five, 10 years because yes. we, don't, we can kick this can down the road. Exactly. The EU's smart, but they're not quickly smart. Exactly. They're, they're smarter than people in Cayman, but they're not known to move quickly. So they're going to introduce things. We probably all sense what the long game is, but no one wants to admit it. And so we have been kicking this can down the road. We've exactly. accepted. We've accepted this. We've That's accepted right, that. Now, is that can about to be kicked into a wall and the wall is right ahead well, of us? I think us. the statements you know, made, made from the EU uh, members of parliament last week are uh, you know, very, very clear. There's no subterfuge about them. They mean uh, to exterminate the financial services industry in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. And, and they've finally come out and said it. And they finally come out and said it because nothing else they tried worked. Mm. Uh, they made the mistake of thinking there was a great deal of tax evasion here and that transparency would necessarily be the end of us, but there wasn't. Uh, and we continued. Uh, they made the mistake of thinking that we couldn't cope with economic substance and that would be the yeah. end of us, but we did. Uh, and it wasn't. Uh, and so they've now, sort of in desperation, uh, c- come out. Uh, well, they've, and nailed said, their, they've nailed their cards to the mast. They've they finally this is, come this is out. what it is. And said what uh, a number of us were saying was, in fact, their true position for, for a great many years. And they finally come out and said it. Okay, well, then, knowing now what is unambiguously clear from the EU and from other. Um, OECD type of organisations what the, the goal is which is to say we just don't like jurisdictions which don't have any tax Sorry, that's not. they don't like jurisdictions that don't have any corporate or income tax because Cayman right. has a very high and regressive tax system yes. it's, a very dis- it's a very disadvantageous tax system to poor people rich people Correct. in Cayman do incredibly well out of our tax system poor people suffer a lot and often that's underappreciated um, but a jurisdiction without any corporate or income tax is something that the EU and the OECD the OECD just don't like. Correct. How do we survive and what policies do we need to do in order to be able to well, exist in very the future? Good, very good question. Um, and it goes back to my point in that if you are simply going to uh, accept the threat of the blacklist, 
uh, as a justification for introducing any legislation the EU and the OECD uh, want to introduce, uh, then, frankly, the, the end game is in sight. Uh, we're not going to continue for very much longer. So what you have to do and what hasn't been done is attack the blacklist threat because the blacklist threat, as some are now doing in the Caribbean, by the way, the blacklist threat is prejudicial, it's arbitrary, there is no fact-based justification for it. Do you think this is something that could be challenged under EU well, Human think, Rights I Act? Well, I think or certain, cer- certainly um, there's a very good economist in... In, 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 uh, in, this, in this room? Oh, no, I thought... uh, no um, <laughs> certainly not me, um, uh, who is now suggesting, and, and I agree with her entirely, uh, that, that um, this kind of colonial imperial extraterritorial legislation which has no basis in international law, by the way. It's only this threat of the blacklist should be challenged in the United Nations. Well, you couldn't uh, challenge... It's not a United Nations question. It's a European Court of Human Rights or, or such uh, thing. Well, where, where, wherever you... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in international constitutional law. Um, but, but wherever you can challenge it, um, then, then it all, maybe it's a world trade... Uh, why haven't or, we, then? Well, I, I, I don't know why we haven't. I've been recommending that we do for years. So it would be a question of hiring a, a handful of good QCs well, I, and I, fighting I, the battle? I think so. And, and in addition, what you would do uh, to, to, to deal with the threat of the blacklist is to reveal it for, 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 for what it is. As I say, it's spurious. It's not fact-based. Um, it's prejudicial and arbitrary. But what you need to do is to get some very high-powered, internationally recognised economists to say so. Mm. You need a completely different public relations campaign. They're good relying on game and finance. I mean, no, 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 no one's listening to what they say. Well, you were chair once. Uh, well, they may have been listening to what, what I said when I was chair, but they're certainly not now. Um, so you need to get internationally recognised uh, economists, lawyers, and, and you need to take the full-page ad in the Wall Street Journal, take the full-page ad in The Economist, you know, and say to the EU, get back in your box. You're not a global superpower that can impose legislation on third-party jurisdictions without any basis in a treaty. But that's a really... Di- I mean, let's just say let's say everyone agreed with that. It's a very difficult game to play once once you give the 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 sucker of power or regulatory ability to a regulator. They don't tend to say, "I've had enough of this." I've, I, I don't you mean need- in the EU. Well, anywhere. You, you, you look at the well, EU, you're, the you're, US, you're, the UK, Cayman. Well, you're talking about two things. You're talking about the EU regulatory initiatives and possibly also now talking about the, the regulators in, in Cayman thinking regulation is a good idea. Yeah. And, and, and it's a very, separate point. And it's very difficult to persuade regulators that regulation is not necessarily the be-all and end-all of society. Well, at, at some point you have to say to a regulator, and I don't think this comment's been made, show me the fact-based evidence of the problem you're trying to solve for. What is the concern? Hmm. Because I don't see a concern. Yeah. Investors aren't concerned. Investors haven't asked us yeah. for an additional audit sign-off in the Cayman Islands. Investors haven't asked us to uh, take a hard look at the general partner and, and, and how it's operating. Hmm. These private equity funds were already all—they were already audited in the United States. Investors were making their own decision. Hmm. They weren't relying on the Cayman Islands Monetary Authority so, for assistance. Yeah. Well, look, and, and that, that's, that's, look, I could not agree with you more in that sense, because I think 
that when you when and, and this is probably the last point of the show because we are very close to the end but when you have a jurisdiction which is clearly taking institutional funds institutions are not done with how they allocate their money they do a lot of a lot of due diligence and the due diligence they do is by far and away more rigorous than that which could be done by a regulator there's no question about that, and, and, and they are not relying on a Cayman Islands or any or yeah. EU regulator to assist them. Yeah, what an auditor finds is only um, after the event when they get told off that there has been a fraud. That, 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 that's true too, and, and we all know that, that regulation never prevented a fraud. Yeah, and nor, does, nor do audits. Right. Those are honest conversations I think we've had there, Tony. I think we've, um, we've, we've, I've enjoyed this candour and honesty from you, and I appreciate your transparency of opinions and views. Um, it's been a, I think Cayman's got an interesting period of time ahead of it, and uh, hopefully we... Well, I, I just add one thing very Go quickly, on. Simon. You, you mentioned the, an election coming, and I don't want to get into local politics at all, but, but if whoever is elected okay. uh, doesn't understand base erosion and profit shifting, if they don't understand capital export neutrality and taxation, if they don't understand capital import neutrality... Please talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be me. It could be anybody who does. Mm. And stop listening to people who don't. Mm. Well, I can't wait to see uh, those those um, those catchphrases on the uh, posters that go up around uh, West Bay and uh, Georgetown over the coming weeks. You know, when I see X Y Z, I understand base erosion, profit sharing, and tax neutrality. I'll, I'll, I'll then know that we've uh, we've moved into a nirvana of of, of unadulterated happiness. <laughs> Tony, it's 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 been a pleasure having you on this show. I appreciate Thank your you. your your conversation. Um, I hope you've enjoyed yourself, and you will rejoin us at one day when perhaps uh, closer to the election or just after, as we can re- revise and revisit what's been going on happy to Um, as a final note then as always just before we leave just want to thank you all for joining remind you that the show will be available as a podcast on the cfa society cayman islands webpage we'll also post the youtube link um, on linkedin and other social media sites and if you have any questions comments or want to start a conversation email us at moneysense at candw.ky or tweet us at moneysense radio with that thank you once again and please do tune into money sense in two weeks time money sense is brought to you by the chamber pension plan for further information visit chamberpension.ky